So, Berto, do you know what parapsychology is? It's something like what Dr. Venkman uh, might have been engaged in, in in Ghostbusters. Exactly. It's a field of study concerned with the investigation of the evidence for paranormal psychological phenomena, such as ESP or extrasensory perception or psychokinesis, like when Luke you know, pulled the lightsaber towards him. That's force powers. That's different. Or precognition, like in Minority Report, <laughs> or telepathy, communication between minds. X-Men. Like uh, uh, seeing into the past, or mind reading, this sort of thing. And so these are all, and there are many more, paranormal psychological phenomena, otherwise known as parapsychology. Other terms that are sometimes used are psychical research or psi research is sometimes uh, terms that people use. Well, today I want to talk about parapsychology, what it is, the research, if it's pseudoscience or not, how it fits into the field of psychology, famous cases, and what my take is. What do you say, Berto? Sounds fascinating. Welcome to the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a professor and a therapist. My name is Humberto Castaneda. I clean pools that are very dirty. This episode is just for patrons of the podcast. So if you're listening to this and you're not a patron of the podcast yet, this episode will end before the content begins. If you want to hear the full episode, you have to become a patron of the podcast by going to patreon.com. That's patreon.com. Patrons get access to all the premium episodes on their phones and know that there's no commercials on those episodes as well. And when you become a patron, I'll tell you how to access it. And remember that a portion of your monthly pledge goes towards various charities that we support. All right. Welcome to the Patron Zone people. We love you very, very much for becoming patrons. Thanks a lot. This episode is prompted by an email from a patron, patron Tanya. She says, hey, guys, I wanted to get your take on parapsychology. Kirk, do you have any thoughts? Well, Berto, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, actually, I remember the first time I saw Ghostbusters, I was a kid in Colombia, and I loved that scene at the beginning when he's doing the cards, where the, the gal is supposed to guess the cards, yeah. and of course, he's attracted to the gal, so he's like, wow, you totally guessed it right, and the, the, there's another guy there, and he keeps shocking the guy, <laughs> but rewarding the gal, and I just thought, you know, my, my dad was uh, and is has always been very scientific-minded. He's a, a, psych, a psychiatrist and stuff, so he's very educated. And uh, he was always railing against parapsychology and the occult and all these things. So I already had a biased n- notion against it. And seeing it in the movie, it just kind of helped. Like, Which is ironic because it's a movie about ghosts, right? But they, they start the movie by showing how it's all bullshit, except when real ghosts are real. Yeah, before we get into this, I just want to say there are a lot of strong feelings about this sort of thing. When you talk about ghosts, when you talk about astrology, when you, th- when you talk about ESP, when you talk about people's dreams predict- predicting the future, there are a lot of strong feelings about that. There are some people that are extreme believers, let's call them, who are, you know, they believe a lot. And then there's a subset of them who are extremely hostile to any threat to that belief system. 
And there are people on the opposite side of the spectrum who are complete non-believers. And there's a subset of them who are extremely hostile to people that believe. For instance, a hostile skeptic will look at someone who believes in ghosts and to their face say that they're ridiculous, stupid, idiot people. And there are people on the extreme hostile version of believers, and they will say, how dare you uh, bring up research that contradicts you know, what is obviously true? You're, you're just a, you're a terrible person. You have no idea what you're talking about. And so I just want to start off by saying there's a lot of strong feelings, and I guarantee you that some of our listeners are on various ends of that spectrum. And so as we go forward, I, I want to respect that, and I'm going to try to language my uh, arguments uh, with, with respect to those positions. And uh, I hope that everyone can uh, have an open mind to what I'm trying to get across. Do you know what I'm talking about, Berto? Open your mind, Quaid. Yeah. There's, a, there's three boobs in that movie. Listen, I, I, I will say this. I am um, very, very, very firmly rooted on the kind of pragmatic side, which is the uh, Oak- Occam's razor and like, hey, listen, if, if you can't prove it, let's, I mean, you might have experienced something or in your mind you did, but let's not claim it's real for everyone because you just can't reproduce an experiment about it. And so I'm very much in that camp. That said, I have some very good close friends who in every other regard are what I would call rationalists and, you know, pragmatic and blah, blah. But they have some claims about things that happened to them, you know, years ago that they will never let go of about paranormal stuff like ghosts and other things. Right. And uh, so, you know, I can't be like, you're an idiot, but I just don't believe, I, I, I believe that maybe there's more explanation there than, than might have been aware, that they might have been aware of. Right. To me, it's all a matter of being hostile and mean and uh, whether or not you're empathetic or not. You, for instance, someone comes, so you have a friend who believes they saw a ghost. Yeah. And they're 100% sure. And you, as their friend, hear that story. They're like, you got to hear the story. I got And you're listening. You're like, you didn't see a ghost. You you think you saw a ghost, but you didn't see a ghost. You, you, you know, either you remember wrong or you were high or you saw an anomaly and sort of your brain made it into a ghost or something, you know, there's some other explanation. Well, it's all about, so, so the two of you are at dinner and you're talking about this. Now, in my mind, when I see this from the outside, I think there is nothing wrong with this scenario. You have one person that believes a certain thing and you have another person that's evaluating that story and, and believing that uh, they indeed believe that, but it, I, I don't believe that, an actual spirit from a dead right. person actually showed up for you. So in my mind is again, looking at that as I was, that's fine. You know, you have two people that disagree. Now what often happens though, is that both sides require the other side to an, adopt their point of view. Right. And this is where you lack empathy. It lacks the, uh, I don't know, the goodness of human interaction you know, if someone came to you and, and said, um, 
you know, I need you to believe this be, and then I'll get a million dollars, then that changes things. But usually it's just an emotional need to justify your own belief system. And we do that sometimes by making other people adopt our belief system when there's no, there's no reason for that. <laughs> so it, if, for instance, in your shoes, you're listening to someone that's saying they believe that they saw their mother, for instance, who had died, then what do you do in that situation? Well, you, well, what would you do? Say they said, well, well no, I, I, I very real situation. So one of my aunts is a complete atheist, like does not believe at all in God at all. And uh, does not believe in ghosts, does not believe in any of that stuff. The day where, when my grandpa died, which was in 1991, I believe, um, she claims and has never not claimed that that day she was outside walking. She lived in a completely different city in a completely different country. And she was out walking and she felt a hand on her shoulder. She felt her dad's voice say, Mijita, which is like, daughter or whatever and she turned around and of course there was nothing there and then when she got home she got the call and he had died that's her story okay so when she told me that all i could do was say wow that's weird yeah and that was as far as i mean i asked her like where were you standing what did you but in in my head i'm going like uh, I'm sure there's an explanation. Maybe you got the time wrong. Maybe you were just predisposed. He was sick. Maybe you were feeling he was going to die at any time. Who knows, right? Yeah. But in the moment when she told me, all I could say was, well, that's weird. Okay. Right. So now if if someone said something like, whoa, I just saw something out of the corner of my eye. Maybe it was a ghost. You might be like, eh, it probably wasn't a ghost. But if someone comes to you and says, you know, grandpa yeah. touched me. You're not going to slam that story because you don't believe the yeah. person. It's it's all context, right? Yeah. Okay. So, and reverse. If if someone is talk, if you're talking and you're like, I don't believe in ghosts, I don't believe in astrology, I don't believe in this, and the other person does believe in astrology and does believe in ghosts or whatever, you don't have to make the non-believer believe you to justify your own belief system. Yeah. It is okay that people have different belief systems, you know? The, the only time where it's not okay is when you start or you as a group start trying to impose right. uh, and limit freedoms because of what you think you believe. Yeah. Right. And or you are in a particular position of power that influences actual things that happen. Yeah. Like if you are, let's say, head of the EPA and you don't believe in global warming. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go with, and you don't believe in ghosts, and you shut down the ghost <laughs> oh, containment <yeah>. unit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, have you, have you heard the critique of that movie that it's like extremely anti-environmentalist? I, I think you were telling it to me, or I think the other night someone was telling me about this. Yeah, because, I mean, as a kid, it, it just went right past me, but in the 80s, there was this, you know... A, upwelling of Reaganite people right. and just anti-hippie and anti-environment. And if you watch that movie with, you know, the eye on how do they portray environmentalists, it's extreme. <laughs> they're, they're basically villains. Yeah, the bad guy is the EPA guy. Yeah, but if you really <laughs> think about the reality of the EPA guy's uh, motives, it, it makes a lot of sense. He's like, so we have these renegade like weirdos unlicensed by the city yeah just doing all these things <laughs> without any oversight and and there's a possibility that they could destroy our city yep 
maybe we should rein them in right. and not let them just do whatever right. they want, you right. know? The difference is the fact that in if that were the case, he wouldn't have said shut it down. He would have been like, we got to bring in some actual scientists and figure out what the heck this is right. if it's something. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, so parapsychology, I'll just come out and tell you that I've looked at a lot of the science and it, it wasn't just motivated by patron Tanya's email. I, I've been following parapsychology probably since I was a kid. I, I remember In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy. Yep. He would have episodes regarding parapsychology, the Bermuda Triangle, oh, yes. all that kind of stuff. I was into all that too. Yeah. When I was a kid, I loved that stuff. And when I was a kid, Luke Skywalker was my idol. I wanted... I re, you and I have talked about this, Berto. <laughs> You know, you and I will have had moments where we seriously believed, if we believed enough, we could actually use the force and move something. I have, uh, as an adult, but particularly as a kid, would stare at something and put my arm out like in Star Wars and try to move it with my mind because (laughs) I had a suspicion that maybe I had the force. And of course, I don't. And I don't know if you were influenced. You must have as well because like I had a lot of influence from kung fu movies. And like some some of those where, you know, if you train long enough and you get to be this grizzled master, you can basically float on water. You can do these crazy things. Yeah. And so I, I honestly, as a kid, absolutely believed or hoped that one day I could be like this. Uh, he's got the glow. He's got the glow. You yeah. know? <laughs> but when I actually looked at the actual empirical science and there is a lot of it, it is extremely convincing to me that these things don't exist. ESP, precognition, dreams that predict the future. And I'll get more into later explanations, common explanations that can be mistaken for parapsychology. But the, the reason why I was convinced that basically all the parapsychologies are are not uh, corroborated by science is because it is basically a pseudoscience, which I'll go into in a second. Ba- do you know what the definition of a pseudoscience is? Uh, well, I don't I know explicitly, but I'll say something like it uh, uses language and uh, techniques that resemble scientific techniques to give the appearance of actual formal science. But in reality, there, there's no repeatability. There's no consistency of the experiment. There's no, you know, the, basically they, they, they're, they're hand waving all the actual important details that would make it real science. Um, I know something like that. Great. Excellent. That's, that's, that's it. Conclusions being falsely presented as having been corroborated by empirical scientific research when, in fact, they have not. For instance, when you actually look at the research studies that pro-parapsychologists will point to, you find a number of different common flaws. For instance, poorly designed research, not enough subjects, uh, research studies that are exploratory in nature. They're not an experiment. For instance, you you ask people if if they have experienced ESP, or you ask people if they've had dreams that predicted the future. This is not empirical evidence that dreams predicted the future. It's a, it's an exploratory or it's self report sort of you know research. It's it's not 
It's not hard science is the thing. That's right. Uh, there are research studies that don't have controls. For instance, placebo can be a, a pretty big thing in, in a right. lot of these things. Um, and there's also many of these are uh, by design unfalsifiable claims. Like, for example, um, there's been a few that over the years I've seen where they say, here's the claim, and then the researchers come in and say, and then the person claiming says, well, no, the, the problem is if you observe it in that way, you won't see the phenomenon. Right. That happens a lot with ghosts. You know, right. They say, like, no, 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 you, you can't use this, you can't use that. And so it becomes one of these, like, trust me. Right. It's real. Trust me. Right. <laughs> That's hand-waving. And now... I'm not parapsychology is not the only scientific area that suffers from these research problems. Literally every corner of science is rife with this sort of stuff. But the difference is is that the difference between the pseudoscience and actual science is that when people in say for instance uh physical sciences like when people do research on the hardness of materials, let's say. Well, when when someone has a bad study, and there will be people with bad studies about the hardness of, of granite or something, and they'll come out and they'll make these you know claims like, I found a granite that is tougher than diamonds or something. Well, the difference is, is, the, is the physical science community around them will peer review that and replicate it a number of times and they will refute it and then that original scientist who said that granite is tougher than diamonds is is considered to have made a terrible study and they will throw that study out of the consensus of the science and that researcher will say huh i probably should tighten up my research methods whereas in pseudosciences that the opposite happens it's an echo chamber <laughs> Right. People will come out with studies that demonstrate essentially their narrative that parapsychology is real. And then people will replicate or other people come up with studies that, that, that don't corroborate their findings. And instead of incorporating that into the emerging consensus about a phenomenon, they reject those opposing uh, studies. And they they will uh, protect their own study and say, oh, no, no, everyone else is wrong and my study's right and blah, 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 blah. That's, that's pseudoscience. And so, again, it's not that other sciences don't have problems with research. It's the way in which you respond to non-corroborating data. Yeah. And look, I can um, emotionally um, relate or uh, empathize with some of this Assuming that they're not actually malicious um, agents. Like, let's say someone is really just from the get-go lying. Like, I've never seen anything. There's no evidence. But I'm just going to make up this thing and build on it. But let's discount that for a second. Let's say you are someone that one day you were in the woods. And as far as you know, you honest to goodness believe you saw some monster. Okay? You really do. And you'll never be convinced by anyone that you didn't. Okay? So I would equate that to something like this. Let's say you experienced something horrible in the war. You were in some internment camp and something really bad happened to you. And then the war is over and then you start telling people and people are like, that never, that couldn't have happened. No one is that evil. And no one believes your story, right? Well, then, then you will become entrenched in that position. And they could put out study after study about the war and about how they weren't mean to their prisoners. You will know better. Right. And that's, I think, what happens. So it's, 
in some of those cases, they, they did experience, for whatever reason, they believe they did experience something. And then, so if I show you a billion studies that say, no, I couldn't recreate it, you'll still say, trust me, I, I see what you're saying, but I experienced it. Right. And to that, I will say, fine, you experienced that. That is, however, the science is right. demonstrating that you might be misremembering, but I can't prove that you right. actually are misremembering. So, and, and as real as our experience can be, sometimes someone might experience something as real, a, about as real as anything else feels. Yeah. So again, I just want to chime in here because I know there are listeners that will probably email me and say they're extremely angry that I am saying parapsychology is not real because most Americans believe in parapsychology. So by definition, most of our listeners believe in ESP and precognition in something like that. Now, I'll tell you, if you believe that, I am 100% cool with you believing that. The difference is, is if you say there's scientific proof for this phenomenon, that's where you cross the line because there is not. And pointing toward one or two studies is not how science works. Science is a consensus based on many, many studies and many replications that point in a particular direction. So, to and what pseudoscientists will do and pro-parapsychologists will do is they'll point to those one or two studies that actually, and, and even the studies that, that actually demonstrate what their narrative is, is they're actually quite dubious in and of themselves. So again, if you're a believer, totally cool with that. There, I, I won't go into detail, but I personally believe in things that cannot be demonstrated by science. In my heart, I believe things. But I also know that science will never prove that my belief is true or not. In fact, I know science will never demonstrate whether or not my belief in a particular thing is true or not. Underwear gnomes are real, dude. That's yeah. a different topic altogether. So I, but I don't, I'm not hostile to the scientists. Um, and I don't care that some people uh, around me, close to me, will actually tell me that I'm ridiculous for believing in this thing. But I still believe in it. And, I'm, and I understand why people think I'm stupid for believing in it, but it's just my personal belief. And, and, and I'm secure enough to have that, and I'll share it with people if people want to ask me about it or you know, talk about it. But, if, but I require no one to agree with me, and I require, I require no one to not disagree with me, yeah. <laughs> if that makes any sense. And I, I have a similar take than you, I think, in this way. So what I, I believe the following. I believe that because our existence in itself is so, by my views, so bizarre that we were even here, even having this conversation and things like this. And I have no basis for saying it's bizarre because it could be just as not bizarre as it is bizarre. But the fact that we're even having this conversation to me is bizarre. So honestly, as far as I'm concerned, technically anything could be real. Like yeah. maybe there are ghosts. Maybe we're all in some matrix computer simulation. So therefore, if you believe in the unicorn monster or the what's the one in Ireland or whatever the case may be, Loch Ness, Loch Ness, and all these things, and you just think that that's the case, yeah, I mean that that's fine. Again, where it crosses the line for me is like, oh my gosh, you're now lobbying for them to not do this thing that has a huge environmental impact for the whole community because you believe that there's a monster in the like right. stuff like that. It's like, oh, now we have to have a conversation. 
And when people claim scientific validity when they don't have it because they have an ideology and they're trying to fit everything into that ideology. And just to drive it home, even though I believe in my heart in this complete magical thing, I it's basically Santa Claus. I believe in Santa Claus. <laughs> He's real. That's different. You know, uh, just because I believe in it, I require nobody to justify my belief. I don't require science. I don't require empiricism. I don't require anybody. Google has a Santa tracker. Yeah. Actually, it's not Google. It's uh, it's NORAD, right? No, And Google on their map, they show where Santa is. Oh. What if he went to like the strip club would would <gasps> it oh then he would probably start like a thing about privacy invasion yeah. and you'd see santa claus on the news being like our privacy is being invaded more yeah. than ever these days <laughs> so other pseudoscientific problems uh, with research are they don't blind their study from the subject or and or the researcher which is a double blind and for instance for people that don't know if, for instance, you're doing a study, let's say, on what would be a good example, on, on ESP, for instance, mm-hmm. and you, you design the study so that you, you, get, you bring in subjects and you're the scientist and, you bring in, and, and you're pro, pro ESP. You, as the scientist, you believe in the ESP. Right. And you bring in two people, and let's say they just happen to also believe in ESP, because most people believe in ESP. And then you tell them, you tell one person, okay, I want you to think about something. And, and the other person, I want you to try to detect what the other person is thinking. And then, you know, you do that a number of times. Well, this is not a blinded study. Both the subjects know what the deal is. They know right. that ESP is you know, they can tell. And the researcher knows what's happening. And so when the data is coming in, the, the scientist uh, will, you know, like say the, the person is saying, oh, uh, are, are, you, are you thinking about uh, a cat? And then the other person is like, whoa, yeah, sort I, of. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I was thinking about like an ant, but yeah, sure, kind of like a cat. I was thinking of a magician, but you know those guys in Vegas with the big tigers—that's like a cat, right? So, as a researcher who myself who believes in ESP, I'm going to massage the data, not necessarily because I'm a liar researcher, but because I'm biased and I'm going to I'm going to see things in a particular lens. Yeah. And so, obviously, are there are there participants? And so, it's like Dr. Venkman, <laughs> right? It's hard. You have to design studies that don't that that don't allow bias to to play into that. Uh, another pseudo scientific practice is cherry picking data. Is you look for data or studies that demonstrate your ideology and ignore everything else. Or not replicating the findings or ignoring replication studies that contradict your findings. Yeah, like the one, there was that study that claimed that um, you could influence the outcome of dice, of random dice, right. by a set of people focusing. Yeah. And they published, and then, but it hasn't been replicated. Yeah, of course it hasn't, because <laughs> that's not a thing. 
let's so let's say this. Um, my guess is, if I remember right, this study actually did demonstrate that people could influence dice. So right. this so the study is you you take you take dice and then you you ask people concentrate on the on a number yeah and and we'll you know and you roll the dice and you do it. Several times, yeah, no, a lot of times when you see a slight statistical, uh, like a, a slight bump that statistically is unlikely, right? Statistically unlikely, yep. But unlikely things happen all the time, yeah. And so, uh, depending on how you, uh, when you decide to cut off your your data gathering, that's that's another problem that people will do is they'll take enough observations until their results actually. Uh, are proven, but it just happens to be a random fluctuation at that stage of, of the data gathering. That's why methodology needs to be firmly established prior yeah. to conducting the study so you don't play those games. And um, so, so some studies will show positive results by random chance. Well, and, and depends on what you're studying, because I was just uh, watching a very interesting thing about how um, I, did you hear about how recently there was this headline that the dark energy has disappeared from the universe? Right. Did you see that headline? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's bullshit. That's not what the researchers that published recently were saying at all. Right. It's just that they, they found uh, they, they've studied now um, an order of magnitude higher of the, the, um, the, the kind of, uh, I forget what bodies they are in space that give them the data that they need to try to, They're, to do um, this, right? They're, I, th- I think they're quasars. Yeah, I think that's right. It, but but the point is that what they what they did is they found that oh, okay, so now there before there was zero possibility that there wasn't dark energy. Now there's a tiny tiny possibility that there could not be dark energy, and that in the ninety nine point nine percent, they're actually at f- at five or greater sigma. Which is not ninety five percent. It's ninety nine point nine nine nine. You know, yeah. percent that it is that there is dark energy. Right, <laughs> right. So, th- with the dice study, if you do it five more times and you don't find a signal in that when you concentrate a number, you see a, an increase that can't you know be explained to random chance, then you have to look at that one study that showed a result and say, oh, that was that unlikely coincidence in which it actually showed a signal that when we replicated the study, we didn't see the signal. Now, what, like you were saying, what parapsychologists that are pseudoscientists, that what they'll do is they'll say, oh, no, no, those other studies, they didn't do it right because you got to do blah, 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 you know, and... You didn't. Right. You didn't have real believers. They'll that, say that's that's a common one. Yeah. Here's the other one that drives me nuts. Imagine in science, if the following happened: You're a scientist. I'm a scientist. You say, Berto, I have a I have a theory. I believe that there's a force that pulls things down to the center of the earth, right? Yeah. And I say, Oh, that's interesting. I have a theory that there is some force that when you try to push something on the ground, it pushes back against that thing. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's interesting. I run some experiments and I come up with a theory of friction and I make some equations and then I replicate my study over and over and over. And then you're like, great, I was right too then. And then you start telling everyone, hey guys, I was right about a force that pulls things down to the center of the earth. And they're like, why? Oh, I'll point you to the study that proved that friction is a thing. And, and this is what happens in parapsychology. Right. They'll say, uh, ghosts exist. Where's your proof? Well, for example, look at this study that predicts that or that shows that dice can be influenced by humans. 
Right. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, part of that. What's the connection? <laughs> well, part of that I suspect has to do with the hostile fighting between believers and non-believers. That could be yes. And what many pro parapsychology people will say is that scientists believe in a paradigm that will not allow them to even think that parapsychology phenomena phenomena exist and they are you know biased against it essentially because it it will quote unquote shatter their foundation of psychology i'm here to tell you that again because most americans believe in parapsychology psychologists are part of americans and as a person in psychology myself I would love it if parapsychology existed. <laughs> the ability to predict the future, the ability to move things with your mind, the the ability to see through walls. I would these are super freaking powers, man. This is X-Men stuff. I would love it if this was true. It would it would it would make the world so much funner and and I, yeah. I could learn new skills and and so psychology is now, certainly there are some people that are biased against it for sure, but many psychologists, particularly in the past, were very open to the possibility and absolutely conducted studies that were uh, really looking for something that they thought really existed. And after thousands and thousands of studies, it is clear that there is no signal in the noise. And here's the other thing that really gets me too, is this. The claim is, oh, scientists, they're just so close-minded. They, they, it, these things would shatter their reality. And I, and I would comically say, you're right. Scientists, they're just out for these obvious expected results like splitting an atom, transmitting data through light, through cables in the ocean floor, uh, discovering the age of the universe, uh, saying that we're not the center of the universe. These obvious, easy-to-make claims that are not magical at all. But in fact, we stand on the shoulders of giants when we use our cell phones, when we use these mics, we're recording. All these things are magic. If you fast forward just long enough, all of this is magic. Right. And all of that depended on scientists, you know, mainstream scientists who discovered things that completely contradicted Mm -hmm. their vision of the world. Electromagnetism is freaking bizarre. Crazy. When you hear those early studies that they were doing, one of them I saw they were running an electric current through people's bodies while you were suspended in the air by like a swing. And then you would put your hand out and then uh, magnetic uh, filaments and, and metal would, would levitate toward your hand. That is magic. Yeah. That is the force. Yeah. And they had no idea what they were looking at. They're like, okay, so when I spin this wheel that has metal on it, it, this thing happens down this wire and then like magnet like think like met certain metals you know come toward you and like it made no sense it was completely illogical yeah. to look up at the sky and go wait a second according to my data the w- universe isn't going around us we're going around the universe and burn be burned at the stake as a result right these are scientists going 
so wait a second. This is against my paradigm. Uh, let me look at the data again. Uh, still doesn't make it. I thought the world went around. I thought the universe went around. And, you know, and you're constantly bumping. And then wait, you're like, wait a second. I can't deny the fact that the Earth is going around the sun. It's just it doesn't make any sense otherwise. This is science. So and it's repeatable, <laughs> right? And so when scientists look at parapsychology, not only are many of them actually pro parapsychology and are actually looking for it, but even those that are biased against it, true scientists are completely open to data that contradicts their their findings. Dark energy, as an example, it is extremely distressing to scientists because they still don't even know what it is. They thought it was neutrinos for a while. Now they're like, oh, I don't think so. It would be wonderful for many scientists if they could just say dark energy doesn't exist. It would help them tremendously in a lot of ways. But it does the evidence for something, dark energy and dark matter, for something that did I say dark energy earlier? I said dark energy. Oh. Was I saying dark energy? No, I was saying dark energy. Oh, well, dark matter is neutrinos. Dark energy is the expansion of yeah. the universe. But anyway, my point is is that there might be, it might be centuries before anyone figures out what this stuff is. It's extremely frustrating to scientists, and yet they don't just make something up. <laughs> and they're extremely biased to find the answer. And when someone comes out and claims that they found the answer. Other scientists get excited and they start replicating and they start looking more and they're like, well, I don't know. And a consensus emerges. It's this, it's this parapsychology is, well, anyway. Well, Again, uh, if you're a believer and you want to believe, just like I believe in a ridiculous thing, continue yeah. believing it. Just understand that massive amounts of empirical evidence demonstrate that it's not demonstrable by science. Maybe right. we should just put it that way. Another, another thing that is not a valid scientific method is, is this one. So, you know, quantum physics does have some startling and troubling implications for people that want to be rooted in a, you know, Newtonian reality. You know, and so if you, if you really want to you can look at just the findings of the quantum ex experiments and say, whoa, that's a weird universe we live in. But what I see a lot is that then folks extrapolate that or they just grab that. They grab the little soundbite of like, okay, it turns out that you need an observer to determine maybe the outcome of if the photon does a single thing or if it's an interference pattern. Oh, okay. You know what then? Consciousness created everything right and con and then all of a sudden you have these whole philosophies sprung springing up around that and so that must mean we can control the universe just through our mind. oh and that and then all of a sudden you got all these things and they'll say and it's backed by science right yeah science proves it yeah people uh pseudoscientists are notorious for taking tiny bits of very elementary knowledge in physical scientists, sciences and bastardizing them to fit their ideology. And it, anyone who knows anything about those actual science, sciences like quantum science will roll their eyes so hard that their eyes will literally do a 360 and come back the other side because they're listening to this and you clearly have no idea what quantum leaping is or what entanglement is. You, you clearly have no idea what 
Schrodinger's cat really means. You have you, you read something in a book or watched a YouTube video, and you then you extrapolate from that. And you make a book yourself, and now you're a millionaire. Right. And this happens all the time. Uh, and it, yeah. Now, again, if you believe that you had a dream that predicted the future, and you just want to believe that, and you believe in an energy that somehow in you know produces that then i am a hundred percent cool with that the only problem is when you start saying i know research and science that backs my belief system yeah i've had weird stuff not not a ton but i've had a few times in my life where some really really uncanny hard to believe coincidences happened and to this day i honestly look at those and i go like maybe i am in a a Truman show or something, you know? Yeah. It, like what? Uh, I, I don't know if I talked on the podcast one time. I think I might have. Uh, I was uh, on this race where it's a relay race with many people and we were driving to a restaurant and I was the last one to get out of the van because I was trying to finish listening to a song that I hadn't heard since like high school that was on my Just Say Yes CD which was a compilation CD of the early 90s. And it was a Depeche Mode song. And it was a very specific Depeche Mode mix. Um, and it was the uh, Route 66. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the, the version where they... Yeah, uh, no, that's your own percentage. It's where they start... Um, Route 66. It's the one where they go into Route 66 from... But they start with Behind the Wheel. Oh, yeah. Okay. Love that song. Okay. So I'm sitting there listening to it. And I'm like, okay, this is great. And I hadn't listened to it in a long time. And I, everyone leaves the van, goes into the restaurant. I'm still in the van, and I wait till the very end of the song is done. I, the song ends. I leave the van. As I walk up to the restaurant, the song playing on the radio in the restaurant is that one, that version. (laughs) That's weird, right? So, what is the universe trying to tell me? Right. That's always the thing. It's like. Instead of saying, whoa, what a coincidence, it's like, what is the universe trying to tell me? Okay, yeah. let's, let's imagine a universe <laughs> in which it tries to communicate things to the, this, this dumb little <laughs> skin-covered creature on this tiny little planet in the corner of the universe, you know, trying to tell you something. Wait, you're talking about me? By... <laughs> by Playing a song right after a song you just listened to, that's actually a very popular song. Like, what is the universe trying... If the universe really had a mechanism like that, why wouldn't it just say, Umberto, Umberto, don't go into the restaurant or go to that Depeche Mode concert because you're going to meet the woman of your dreams? Or, you know, why why does it do shit like that? right? You know... So, oh, that, that, that's a great point because one of the things I was going to say is even if, so now I'm going to grant the experiment with the dice and I'm going to grant a whole bunch of things. I'm going to say, fine, there are ghosts, there are all these things. I'm just going to grant it for a second. Here's the deal, especially this day and age where everyone films things all the time with their phones and everything, all these things. It obviously has a minuscule effect on our reality. Yeah. Because we Otherwise, live day to day, yeah. all day long. We don't see any of those YouTube videos showing the final, final real thing. Right. And it just doesn't seem to make a difference. Right. As soon as people walked around with ubiquitous high-res video cameras in their pockets, many of the reports disappeared yeah. of, of UFOs, <laughs> of, of um, you know, Bigfoot 
uh, sightings, many of the things suddenly started to drop, you know, and that's because people say, you saw Bigfoot, why didn't you film it, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's all, uh, you know, skeptical. It's sort of that. Yeah, I had a similar experience. I had this dream. This is before 9-11. This is like a month before, or maybe just a few weeks. I was in a building. It was all glass, and but like just a, a modern building with a lot of glass on the outside. And I'm walking out the front door, like a tall skyscraper building. And I'm walking out the front door, and I look up and I see this this you know 747 or you know a big you know jet airliner, and it's it's very low to the ground, and I and I'm looking at it. I'm like, wow, that plane is really close to the ground and then i see it and it banks really hard uh-huh. and then it comes straight at the building uh-huh. and i look up and i watch as this jet airliner goes straight into the building that into I'm, the glass building into the glass building that i'm sitting in what in a very eerily similar way that the actual yeah. you know but the difference was was in my dream, the fuel didn't ignite. And all the fuel rained down the front of the building and actually got on me, uh. this, this jet fuel. And I remember thinking, this is going to go up in freaking flames in about five seconds. As soon as it hits a spark, this ent- including me, yeah. I- I'm going to go up, I'm going to burn. Yeah. And so I ran into the building thinking, I'm getting away from the fuel. And then I ran out the other door. And it didn't ignite and everything, you know, I don't know what happened after that. But then just a few weeks later, 9-11 happens. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, wait, didn't I have what a dream? <laughs> didn't I have a dream about this? Yeah. I mean, it's not exact, but... It, no, no, I am now a believer. Yeah. I don't have dreams like that. Yeah. Like, that was a very specific dream. Yeah. Now, right after I had that split second of thought, like, wait a second, I my dreams can see the future. Right. I instantly remembered all of my understanding of how this sort of thing works, which is coincidences happen. Yeah. They don't necessarily mean that it's the universe saying something to you or some energy echo or something. The What people will say is the odds of that happening are a billion to one. Uh, they'll say it's it's infinite to one. <laughs> yeah. But what they don't understand is that it's... Actually, it actually is extremely unlikely that you're going to have a dream like that before an event like that. But the the chances that you will have some dream that will coincidentally be similar to an event after that dream is actually extremely high. Yeah. When you count the fact that you have four or five dreams every night and, and each dream has multiple yeah. pathways and the fact that after each night lots of events happen yeah well and, and, the, and the and that the range of things that you see in your dream is limited by the range of things that you as a human know about right so it'd be different if you had a dream about three colors that don't exist yeah. and a creature that you haven't seen in movies ever it's not even a creature and then we get invaded by aliens two days later with the same creatures with the three colors but even, that would, I would believe that one. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, you know. It, I would. <laughs> it, it, the amount of, again, the amount of dream, just, just everyone out there, think about, if you remember your dreams, 
Think about the variability to your dreams. Okay, now think about the variability to the world. Well, the chance that one of your dreams is going to match up coincidentally with some event is actually extremely high. And that's similar to your, your Depeche Mode story. The chance that you will listen to a song in your car and walk into a building and have that same exact song playing in that moment is extremely unlikely. Like if you would ask me, okay, we're listening to this. How much you want to bet me when we walk into this restaurant that I'm going to hear this Depeche Mode song? I would say, I'll bet you anything you want that you're not going to hear this song. But if you said to me, Kirk, you know, as soon in as, my life, yeah, in my life, will one time at some point I'm going to be listening to a song and I walk into a restaurant and it's going to be playing the same song. I would say I'm not taking that bet because it's, that's it's extra- probably going to happen. I would I would guess that absolutely will yeah. happen. And so that's because people don't understand statistics and because it's it's sort of tricky to understand yeah. that it feels as though something extremely unlikely is happening when in when in reality something yeah. extremely likely is happening. And I'm going to go again further to say, look, even if it is a weird glitch in the universe, because, you know, who knows? Maybe there is a thing where humans sometimes pick up weird things that let them predict. Here's the the practical reality of it is it's not useful at all, even if that were the case, because you cannot bottle it. You cannot predict it. It's not consistent. You cannot test for it. You cannot use it. So. It's almost as if, even if it were a thing, a real phenomena, it's almost useless of a phenomena because you can't quantify. You can't, like just the fact that, let, let's say I, I had some magical ability to know Kirk actually, that was the universe. It turns out the universe is very incapable of being direct. That was the universe trying to warn you. You were supposed to pick up a phone, call the CIA and the FBI, and you didn't because you are a human and you didn't catch the signal. You know what, what I would say is like, well, yeah. Who could have seen that connection? Right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You triggered another thought I have that I probably should say, and that is, is that if you if you derive meaning from these beliefs, like I said, continue believing. If you believe in ghosts and you believe you saw your father the day that he died, I would love it for you to continue believing that, and. And honestly, I, I'm going to go on record and say that if that thing happened to me, I wouldn't question it. I, there would be a part of my brain that would be like, uh, Kirk, you realize your brain... I, I'd immediately go, shut sure. up, shut up. I want to believe yeah. that, I, that I saw that and, and no one can take that away from me. And that experience is dear to me. Um, a friend of mine just told me about a story in which she had this elaborate dream involving her deceased grandfather and she cried as she told me the story and I thought that story was wonderful and mm-hmm. there's a part of me that absolutely believes in that sort of stuff yeah but if you really held me down and say Kirk is there scientific proof that this sort of thing happens I would say no and it, I, and if you said is there scientific explanations that contradict the claim that a ghost visited this person's dreams, I would say, actually, yeah, there's a lot of potential scientific explanation, but that doesn't mean that I don't still believe that I don't, because I derive a tremendous amount of meaning and it doesn't negatively impact anyone for me to believe that my friend saw her grandfather in her dream. And by the way, one thing that science is actually terrible at doing is, uh, uh, predicting one off 
anal- anomalies. Yeah. So, for example, most most uh, formula scientific theories out there that we've ever developed as humans um, are because people observed patterns that repeated over and over and over and over. Yeah. So, if it turns out that every billion and a one years gravity stops, yeah. Well, we're fucked that day, yeah. And we couldn't have seen it coming, right? But it might still be the case. <laughs> right. So, if it is true that the universe is such that every uh, 0.01% of the time someone randomly sees a ghost and they're real. Yeah. We might never catch it scientifically. Right, because you can't replicate it. Yeah. All right, Berto, it's time for a quiz. Uh, 75% of Americans believe in at least one form of parapsychology. So how many, what percentage of people believe in ESP or extrasensory perception? Oh my god! Um, sixty percent, forty-one percent. Okay, good. Oh, that's what do you mean? No good. That's forty-one. That's almost. But half. I said sixty. That would have been worse. Okay. How about that? Houses can be haunted. What percentage? Fifty percent. Thirty-seven. Pretty close. Uh, okay, I'm I'm a pessimist. What least. about telepathy or communication between minds? How? What percentage of uh, Americans? Okay, I'm going to go lower then. Thirty uh, percent. Ooh, close. Thirty-one. Okay. What about clairvoyance or the power of the mind to know the past or predict the future? Uh, 20%. 26. Uh, okay. What about witches? How, what percentage of Americans believe? 10%. 21%. Oh, my God. <laughs> what percentage of Americans believe in channeling or are allowing a spirit to oh, temporarily? 15%. Close. 9%. Okay. So, uh, you know, the, the one that I love to say is... Twenty-one percent of Americans believe in witches, which is, <laughs> which mean, is crazy. I, I mean, what? I mean, uh, okay. I, I understand uh, believing in clairvoyance and telepathy and haunted houses because these are anecdotally extremely common belief systems. Yep. But witches, like, yeah, actual witches. No, and 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 honestly, the the ghost ones—they're so easy to have a story because all you need is a weird noise one night in your. Uh, empty house right whereas witches man witches yeah <laughs> i mean that's just so old school i mean yeah. i wonder if those are like parapsychology from hipsters. 1850 well no they're hipsters you know oh they're, i see they're like they're they believe in in like artisanal parapsychology <laughs> you know organic grass-fed yeah <laughs> hey man i believed in witches before it was popular have you have you heard of do you know what the mandela effect is have you no, heard of this that? So there is a recent trend where um, people are starting to claim that certain things have changed in our, in our reality. And it is attributed to this one parapsychologist, a gal, I forget her name, who a year ago or some time ago said that Mandela, Nelson Mandela, used to, the story was that he died in the 80s in a jail cell. Oh, really? And somewhere along the line, the timeline changed or, or our dimension changed. But some of us still remember the truth that he died in a cell. <laughs> and now everything, history books and everything, claim that he died in 2012 or whatever it was. Right. So then after this, they, they coined this the Mandela effect. And then they've started coming out with all these things like the Berenstein Bears are the Berenstein Bears. But there's people saying that they were always the Berenstein with E-I. And they're like, but now all the books say A-I. And it's it's been changed. There's people that say Fruit Loops used to be Fruit F R U I T L O O P S, and but it's actually F R O O T 
L-O-O-P-S. And so they're like, it changed. And there's all these examples of things that they claim changed. Right. Countless videos on YouTube showing all these things. And then they show Simpsons. The, one of the evidences is they show Simpsons episodes where the Simpsons show the other way. And these are real Simpsons episodes. And they're like, you see? Somehow the timeline change didn't affect the Simpsons episode, <laughs> but it affected the rest of reality. <laughs> one of them they use is Luke. I am your father. And they say, well, in the movie now, it says, no, I am your father. These are trolls on the internet. No, man. no, no. Many of them really, there's like some of them, I'm sure, but there's many hour long videos about this stuff. And you could just do a search for Mandela effect. That's funny. And they claim, and then there's all these people coming out saying that it's the CERN experiments that have, uh, and some are saying that it was an accident in CERN that they accidentally uh, got our dimensions mixed up. And some are saying that it's purposeful, that it's an outcrop of, what was that, uh, the thing in the CIA experiments where they were trying to do uh, mind control? What was that famous? Oh, yeah. Whatever this. It's men, an, men who stare at goats. Or yeah, it's, it's an outcrop of that. And there's a video that the CERN lab put out a few years back. And in the video, there's a, a, a scene where one of their scientists is in a room full of papers. And he's holding two kind of... Uh, sheets of paper one of them says Mandela and the other one says Bond 1 and they were like oh my gosh the actor for the first Bond's first name is Nelson Nelson Mandela Mandela effect the name of the first the Casino Royale his name wasn't Nelson. Oh, uh, then there's some other connection. I, I forget what. The, uh, somehow his name is comes, George Lazenby. No, 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 no. That that's not the first one. George Lazenby was on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Right. The first no, one no. was Doctor No. With- no, no, no. Before that, there was a Casino Royale that was a comedy, and in that one, the actor's Nelson or something like that. I don't I don't know where the Nelson name comes from, but uh. and they so they're like it's Nelson Mandela. Hence, the CERN guys knew about the Mandela effect. So you see, uh. A whole thing has been born. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like it. It's fun to think about. It's very and fun. It explains everything I've forgotten. And every time I misspell something, I can just say, well, obviously, I'm one of the few people that remember how to truly spell this name. That's right. And everyone else is, is wrong. Now, having said this, there's a temptation to ridicule and to say these people are dumbasses. But I'll say, look, if that's what you want to believe and that's what gives you meaning in your life and you want to propagate that belief system that's fine but the big the big threshold that i will freaking slam you for is if you start pointing at corroborating data that proves that the mandela effect is true the simpsons and you refuse to incorporate other explanations and uh and all you do is say well that's obviously a conspiracy or obviously that's uh, people biased trying to sh- shut down our our notion, then I'm telling you, you're falling into a pit of pseudoscience. It's the same with the moon landing hoaxes. There are people that believe that people never really landed on the moon. And when you look at the literally millions of pieces of data that are available to us on the internet, yeah, there's going to be a couple anomalies. If you look at millions of pictures and millions of documents and millions, you're going to find a, a couple, like, what's that one? Like, that one looks kind of funny, or that kind of might support my narrative. But when you consider that that is 0.0001% of the information, and it's, and it's shaky at best anyway, 
and there are viable explanations for all of it, then as a as a person who's truly unbiased looking at the situation, you must concede that the moon landing was extremely likely and not likely a hoax. It's the same when it comes to the Mandela effect. It's most likely, Occam's razor, that there's just a collective uh, misremembering of something. It's common to... Uh, misspell words like we Especially never said the ones, the ones they're picking right. Berenstein Berenstein that would be a very easy mistake but to make. as children we I never called them Berenstein bears we we all called them Berenstein bears yeah I don't I, I didn't even well I guess I did know them as a kid but I yeah. did and yeah. we all Berenstein 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 Ber- no one ever said Berenstein but it's, it's spelled AI right and so in <laughs> in our brains yeah. because of the way we are mispronouncing it yeah. Let me give you an example from my own life that's extremely similar to this. In my family, I'm Japanese, but I'm I'm fourth generation. So my Japanese ancestors came over in the 1800s, and there is this thing called rice crackers. You've probably seen them before. They're little yeah. little rice crackers in a in a thing. Well, as children, and my grandparents and my parents and my cousins and my aunts and uncles and my nieces and nev- everyone in my family called it Sinbe. We called it Sinbe. Sin, Sinbe. Like Sinbe. 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 Well, I go to Japan and I look at the way they're spelling it and they're spelling it Senbe. <laughs> And I'm I'm looking at it and I'm like, huh, Senbe. Huh. And I'm talking to my friend and I'm like, who knows... Japanese language. I'm like, oh, isn't it? They're, they're, so Sinbe and Senbei are the same thing. And he's like, what are you calling it? And I was like, you know, Sinbe. They're calling it Senbei, but, you know, Sim, Simbe. He's like, Simbe, that's not a word in Japanese. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? That, that's what everyone in my family calls rice crackers. He's like, yeah, that's Senbei. It's Senbei. And I'm like, well, where does Simbe come from? I go home and I go, Dad, did you know that? It's not Simba, it's actually Senbei. And he's like, what? And so we go to everyone else in my family, and at some distant point in the past, <laughs> some ancestor of mine decided to start, they bastardized the word. It was, yep. it was really Senbei. And, and rice crackers have been in Japanese culture forever, so the name was the same 100 years ago. And at some point, someone just, like a, probably a kid who didn't know how to pronounce it right, right. just started calling it Simba. And that was propagated down through the generations. And, you know, so obviously that's a glitch in the matrix in which, you know, CERN, uh, you know, colliders caused a break in the space. I I also like how breaks in the space-time continuum have to do with pop culture things. Well, no, no, because so that, see, you're a disbeliever. Some of the theories are that they're starting with those things to test what happens and how humans react. So they're doing it with small little things like, Luke, I am your father. And they'll show clips of uh, James Earl Jones quoting it as, Luke, I am your father. And them saying, how could the actor get it wrong if it was... And then I'm like, "But, but it's so funny because if Luke is saying... Obi-Wan told me you killed my father. And then the next line is, Luke, I am your father. That actually doesn't follow as logically as, no, contradicting what you just said, I am your father. That that makes so much more sense. But they'll actually turn around and say, no, I am your father. That doesn't make any sense. That sentence doesn't make any sense. And there's all these like... (laughs) Again, if you want to believe that, 
uh, great, you know. But again, if you start spouting off that everyone else is sheeple and... <laughs> I've they- had, I mean, I, look, I've had things like this in my life where, like, at least in your case, you had a whole family behind you that said, yeah, well, I guess we were all wrong, right? Yeah. I've had... And one- by the way, we still call it Simba. Okay. We refuse to call it Simba. <laughs> well, I've had things in my life where apparently I'm the only one that remembered a certain thing. And so one example, uh, my grandma makes this delicious coconut rice, okay? And it's browned rice, but it's, it starts as white rice, but eventually by the end, it's brown with raisins. And as a kid, I, she told me what she did. One of the things she did, she used Coca-Cola to brown the rice. So I'm there a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago, and, and I'm visiting Colombia, and I'm like, oh, grandma, make your coconut rice. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, all right, do we need to go buy the Coca-Cola? And she's like, for what? Do you want Coca-Cola? I'm like, well, no, for the rice. Oh, I don't use Coca-Cola. Oh, no, no, you use the Coca-Cola for browning the rice. No, I don't do that. No, you do. That's what you do. You told me. And I'm like, tia, aunt, like, isn't that? No, I don't think that's what we use. And she's like, oh, I have a different recipe for a dessert that uses. I'm like, no, 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 no. The rice has coca And to this day, I swear she told me she put, no, no, she uses brown sugar and coconut that's been toasted and all these. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. I have like three of those kinds of things where I, I, this was my reality. Right. So the <laughs> temptation is, as a listener, is to say, well, obviously you're stupid because you remember <laughs> You wrong. don't listen to your grandma. <laughs> well, or you're young and yeah, yeah. of course she knows how she makes her rice. And the coconut, Coca-Cola, browning, like yeah. you could see how you could sort of wrap that around in your right. head or mix up to. But honestly, we'll never know. We'll never know. There's Maybe a chance. one day she used Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah. And, and she forgot. Yeah. You know? there, there, there's just no way to know. And what is commonly the problem with that I find myself suffering from and others is we have this compulsion to establish the truth that like... I'm guessing you listeners, when you heard Umberto tell that story, you were leaning towards one side or the other. You were probably leaning against Umberto because, you know, it's Umberto. Ah. And so you're, you're probably saying like, well, Umberto's a kid. Why would you put Coca-Cola in rice? That sounds disgusting. Or you're saying, no, that's how I make it. Right. Um, but the, the thing here, as someone who hears a lot of different pe- clients of mine telling me stories many of which don't add up uh, with each other, like in families. I'm telling you, memory is completely fallible. (laughs) And I gave up trying to establish the truth regarding people's memory long, long ago. It just, we'll just never know. There's no way to, so if, say we decided we wanted to empirically find out whether or not Tia made coconut fried rice with Mm Coca-Cola. There would literally be no other way other than a time machine and a video recorder because there could have been one time where she did that yep. and there'd be no evidence to the contrary yep. or to verify that. And, and humans are extremely averse to saying, well, I guess I'll never know. We hate that. We want to know. We want to know yeah. the answer. We want to establish the truth. It makes us feel better. Who killed JFK? Uh, what are what's the brain? <laughs> and the fact is, there is there's just no answer to that. Yeah, who killed JFK? Uh, I, after looking at lots of data and documentaries and experts, believe that it was one man 
You know, it was it was Oswald who shot him. Now, maybe there's a conspiracy behind all that, but apparently, you know, it seemed uh, very possible it was it was Oswald. Now, can I absolutely without a doubt demonstrate that to you with all the different data, da da da? No, because again, we can't go back in time and prove it, and that's anxiety provoking to us because we want to know the truth. But the fact is is uh, most of the things we believe to be true just aren't provable. By the way, there's a JFK one in the Mandela effect. Um, so quick question. How many people were in the car when JFK got shot? There was the driver. There was Jackie O. There was JFK. And then there was, I believe, the governor in the passenger right, seat. So like four. Yeah. No, there were six. Oh. Who were the other two guys? I don't know, but there were, it was a six-seater. Oh. Oh yeah, it was like it was it was it was uh, three different couches. Yeah, okay, so people are going nuts on that one. They're like, no, it was four people, uh-huh. and then so they show all the pictures, and of course, all the pictures show six. They're like, but this changed. This changed. I like how whenever there's a collective, you know, the fact that most of us probably think of four is because in the movie JFK. They really focused on those four people. Those four, yeah, that's. that's they didn't talk yeah. about those other two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they talked about the magic bullet that went through JFK and then hit the guy in front of him. I think he's the governor of, of Texas or something, that's right. or the mayor of Dallas or something. But so instead of just going like, well, maybe we were all shown an image, <laughs> right? Like Luke, I am your father, comes from what movie? Uh. From no, no movie, apparently, but no, I am your father is from Empire. No, but Luke, I am your father comes from an actual movie that we all saw. It was um, Luke, Tommy I Boy. Am your father. Oh, okay. I didn't see Tommy Boy. I'm pretty sure that's where we got it from. I didn't see Tommy Boy. Because he, is it Tommy Boy or one of those movies with, with Farley? Chris Farley. He talks into a fan. He's like, oh, Luke, I am your no, father. But, but it's not the only, t- look, in the, uh, in the Simpsons. There's a skit where they have Simba in the clouds, and since Simba is the voice of James Earl Jones, the next one that appears is Darth Vader, and he says, Luke, I am your father. Right. In interviews, he said, Luke, I am your father. Right. So, yeah. It, That's where it comes from. And it's a better thing to remember, like, if you're going to say a quick clip, yeah. why say, no, I am your father? Right. What? No? Who are you talking to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, play it again, Sam. Not Not in the movie. movie. That's a Mandela. (laughs) But people after the movie would have said that. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you, what did Mama tell young Forrest Gump about life? Run, Forrest, run? No, no. What did she say life was like? Oh, a box of chocolates? What's the phrase? She said, Mama always said. told me, life's like a box. I don't know. So you said life's like a box. Well, in the movie, it's life now, after the Mandela effect, it's life was like a box of chocolates. But everyone remembers it as life is like a box of chocolates. (laughs) They changed it. Uh, (laughs) The timeline has changed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know how I feel about this new pseudoscience (laughs) that's coming out. I mean, Uh, this new version of crankery, you know? I, and on one way, I like it because it involves all of my pop culture references, <laughs> and I feel like I'm a part of it. Yeah, because, you are. Because I'm like, wait a second, that's what I thought, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, wait, I, that's the Mandela. Effect. Now, I, have you had times in your life where you really thought you had all of a sudden lost it, but then you finally were vindicated uh, with something? Like, for example, I had, I've had two at least. One of them was, uh, you know, when I was in high school. I would. I had just been here for a few years, 
after coming from Colombia. And I would talk to people and I'm like, we would get to talk about shows we liked in the 80s. And so I'd be like, oh, did you like Auto Man? And they're like, Auto Man? Like Auto Man, you know, with Cursor and he makes the little Lamborghini made out of the, the computer graphics. Like, what? Yeah, and he's got the glowy suit. What? No one. So I started like, I'm like, well, no, obviously I'm not imagining this. I watched Auto Man. What the hell? No one knew what I was talking about. Years later, one of my friends was like, oh, yeah, I watched Auto Man. And then I was finally like, and then when the internet came out, of course, I was able to look it up. And then finally I was like, okay, it's a real thing. I wasn't making it up. <laughs> I have a feeling many people felt like that about the Christmas episode of the Star Wars, the yeah. Christmas special, yeah. where people were like, hey, uh, did you ever see that thing with the, with the Chewbacca and his family? Wasn't that you? I had that too, where yeah. I was I was in Colombia. You thought you saw it, but then you were like, "No, I must be." I must that have, up. yeah, because I could. I would tell people I have this wacky memory of watching some sort of TV thing where there was like Chewbacca had a family, and where like this one of the characters from the Cantina shows up, and, and they're like, uh, "Dude, that that never happened." <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, because they aired it and quickly. That's right. Pulled so it. this to me is why there is proof. That you can control the outcome of dice just by thinking. All right. So again, just to conclude, if you believe in ESP, if you particularly you believe in ghosts of loved ones, I am 100% encouraging you to believe in what you want to believe. If you believe in God, if you believe in prayer, if you believe in aliens, if you believe that aliens are among us, if you believe you saw that UFO... If you believe you saw that Bigfoot, that is totally cool. And you're not harming anyone in all likelihood by believing that, uh, whatever you believe in. It is, however, a, a problem for me when people start distorting science and empirical research to fit their ideology. Because when we do that, we open the door to all sorts of motivated reasoning that it destroys the scientific field, essentially. If we want people to trust us, which they barely do now anyway, we have to try, we have to strive for integrity within the scientific community, for the world to believe that the scientific community has a consensus that global warming is in all likelihood at least somewhat caused by man, by humans. If we're going to have social change as a result, we have to have people respect science and respect empiricism. And we can't just say that any old scientific study, uh, however dubious, is uh, something to hang your hat on. We have to have standards. And... If you believe in something, like I do, I haven't told you what it is, but I believe in a totally magical thing. You said Santa Claus. It was Santa Claus. If you believe in it, like I do, I have a feeling Birdo doesn't believe in any of them, right? Uh, that is absolutely correct. Yeah. I believe in one of them, and I, I'm, I, I'm cool with that. But don't cross that line into pseudoscience. Don't cross that line and say science proves it. Don't cross that line to start being motivated reasoning intentional stuff when it comes to sifting through data and looking at science that only supports your idea and refuting everything else. Just don't do that. 
Well, that does it for this episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thank you, patrons, for being patrons. You're super cool. Uh, just one final plug. If you want to do Loot Crate, you can do that for the holidays as a gift. You go to LootCrate.com. I wonder if they have a ghost package. Maybe. A pseudoscience package. Pseudoscience That'd package. That'd be fun. Uh, Yuri Geller would be in there. Who else? <laughs> uh, you might have some... The, the uh, debunker, Randy. Yeah, the amazing Randy. <laughs> I met him, actually. I sat right next to him. He's awesome. <laughs> Very small, diminutive little man. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want to do Loot Crate and use the promo code PSYCHOLOGY, that's PSYCHOLOGY, that's our own personal uh, promo code. Use PSYCHOLOGY, you get a discount, and we get a kickback. Thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself because you deserve it.